Yes, welcome to the Aussies on NBA. You're with Matty LeBrant. We got Sneaky Pete from the Dark Web in the NBA Oracle with us. We've had a huge week in the NBA. We've got, well, it's one all in the finals. The Celtics have got home. They're looking pretty. The Oracle's going to be happy. But I'll tell you what, Sneaky Pete, I'm sure he's got a few things to say because the Oracle's obviously going to go off on a rant tonight. He won't be happy about game two. Sneaky Pete, are you there and are you ready, mate? I've earned differential treatment. <laughs> you have, actually. You have earned differential treatment, mate. If anyone What the has. hell does that mean? Differential. You're saying you haven't? All you've done? You mean preferential? <laughs> differential. Um, well, I'm thinking where I started going was differential penalty in a scrum where you... In, in the rugby league. different kind of treatment, okay. It kind of works, but mm. who, who, who saw that coming? <laughs> Not me. No. Uh, so, Pete, you know, obviously you do deserve differential um, treatment on the show. Uh, Oracle, are you happy to give Pete differential treatment? No, I've earned it. Yeah, <laughs> he's earned it. it. But, Oracle, are you happy to... to... Well, whether Pete uh, gets my approval or not, it doesn't matter. He's earned it. He's earned that right. Because of, right. some, of his takes, shit. some of his hot takes, he's earned the right to say what he wants when he wants, mm. and we can't say anything else because, you know, he's the star of the show, and, uh, you know, he's the one that puts the bums on seats, not us. So if he wants to say what he wants, you know, he's, he's earned the right. Yeah, I'll give him that. So are you saying that Pete is the Draymond Green of this show, Oracle? He is, for really? sure. No doubt about it. He's made the most of his talent and he's, you know, <laughs> become a superstar uh, with, you know, with what God's given him. He is a smart player in the game. Smart, the yeah. Smart, um, physical. Uh, got, the, yeah. got the best uh, salt and pepper beard. Not the greatest three-point shooter in terms of style, though, Pete. I would I would No, admit. a couple of clunkers, weren't they? <laughs> it's, all, it's all heart, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Oracle, I'll enjoy, uh, invite you to join the show, and I thank you for being there. How are you going? You know, Maddie, um, I've always been considered a, a wise person. You know, a guy that you know looks at all different aspects of life and can always find peace. Yep, hanging around ten-year-olds will do that to you. Like a lot of people look up to you. There's no doubt. That's right. I'm a lot taller than them. Isn't yes, it, you know. Um, so we've had a tough week. It's been, you know, a lot of ups and downs, but in the, at the end of the day, I was happy to get away from Golden State with one game and, um, still think we're on track, you know, despite, and I am a bit furious about what happened in the game uh, a few days ago, but overall, I'm happy with how things sit right now. I did take a few notes. Watching the game. Oh, the Naturals notebook is out. Oh, I took notes too. Mm. Okay, so I think the obvious place to start with this is, um, you know, in terms of globally what's happening in the NBA right now. I think we can. We're going to talk about the Jazz. I was going to say that. Mm. Quinton Snyder (laughs) has. Left the Jazz. 
Donovan Mitchell, they don't know what's going to happen. He might be asking for a trade. He's got a, he's got like four years and a and a year option. He's perplexed. He's got four years still to go. Something like that, yeah. Gee, Danny Ainge, so. drop the ball. Come on, Danny. Oracle. Well, look, this yeah, I was. You know, hoping we'd start here, Maddie. Yeah, <laughs> as well as prepped for. Yes. Well, Pete, the, Pete led into the, it. The top, and, and I, 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 can I just say this? Notes was or, the Oracle. Can I just say this? Pete has earned the right. <laughs> earned the right. <laughs> to talk yes, about well, the chats. Well, so look, can we ship Doc Rivers over there, and can we get him? We'll trade. God, Jazz. Don't look, you want that Doc it, Rivers? It was rumoured for quite a while, wasn't it? And um, I wonder if that's going to be one of those dominoes that's going to get Donovan Mitchell out of there. I think he's a bit uh, muffed about how everything or miffed how everything is uh, being handled there by the Jazz. You know, I wonder if, if it's going to stop here or if it's going to you know, cause an avalanche there in Utah. Do you like think that Danny Ainge has anything to do with this? Uh, apparently... He was in negotiations with, with Schneider for an extension. Did he say he had four years already? Like, was he extending? No, no. no. Schneider, he, had, Schneider had Schneider had two years. Twenty four was his option. Yeah, Schneider had two years to go, and he wanted an extension. And the negotiations were getting protracted, and he decided to leave. It was best for him and his family. He wants to move forward. He thinks the players mm. need a, a new voice, and decided to move on. Surely that can't be good for the, you know, Danny Ainge, the super GM. Well, look, you know, I've always been an admirer of uh, Danny Ainge and I always think he makes the right moves. With this one, well, Quinn Snyder's had a team that everyone's thought should do better in the playoffs. And when it gets to the playoffs and the coaches have to really earn their money, you know, when they've got to start making some sort of adjustments for particular teams and things, Snyder didn't get it done. You know, year after year, they were a disappointment in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe Danny Ainge was right. Maybe he's not that good. Yeah, okay. And uh, Donovan Mitchell signed a five-year contract last year with a one-year extension at his whim. So that's why it's four years to go. Oh, so Donovan Mitchell's uh-huh. on four years, yeah, not, yeah. not Snyder. Snyder right. had two. Right, right. But but Donovan well, Mitchell's a little bit perplexed. He's not sure what's going on. I, I hope that they don't get rid of Mitchell when he's still got four years on his contract because that's a bad precedent. I don't like that if a, if a player's signed to that long and he can just get out whenever he likes. You know, I think that's too much turmoil for the league. So I hope he stays and I hope they find a, a solution. And they get a coach that can make some adjustments in the playoffs and, uh, you know, get this team to where it should be. I mean, they've been a great regular season team for years now, but it just hasn't translated to any postseason success. So Terry- well, pe- people's um, pastime at the moment is uh, the fantasy trades of Gobert and even Mitchell. If they blow it up, they're not going to be back in the playoffs for some no. time. No, they won't. Maybe this is one of those, you know how sometimes... They move the coach away first, get some fresh, you know, ideas, and they see if that works before they start tinkering like, with the, you yeah. know, the top end talent. Like the Celtics, uh, 
Yeah, a couple of coaches that have been brought up were Terry Stotts, the ex-Trailblazer coach. Um, Please stop, Rivers. Tell me he's on the list. No, and the other one was Mark Jackson. Oh. <laughs> Mama, there goes that man. <laughs> I didn't know you did impersonations. Mm. You got any others? No, the string uh, to the Celtics bow. Celtics fans can't stand Mark Jackson. Oh, really? Like, we, we cannot stand that bloke. So if that gets him off the commentary, uh, I'm all for it. It's yeah, a bit okay. pedestrian, his commentary, isn't it? <laughs> I, slow motion. I think uh, the Jazz might need a similar type of scenario to the Jazz where they bring in a fresh coach with fresh ideas who... Celtics, you mean? Yeah, Celtics. Sorry, Oracle. Um, yes. What the Celtics did, and someone who is going to uh, hold the young players to account and just set a new standard and... Uh, maybe we can move into the Celtics now. If if any casual or even uh, hardline Celtics fan, if you offered them one from two at the Warriors' home ground advantage or home court, they would have taken it. And I'm sure yeah, I'm sure yeah, you would have right. taken it. Forgetting what happened in Game Two, Oracle. Yeah. You've got to be happy, and you've got to be happy with the coach because, you know, he, he's been a catalyst for change for that team. He has. And, you know, to link it back to the um, the Jazz, you know, they have a very similar thing where they've got these two young stars and people saying, break it up, it's not going to work. That's what happened with the Celtics. And they got in a, a coach and then a roster that really fit around these guys and... I don't know if the Jazz have, have done that because we've seen they've brought in a lot of older players. They haven't brought in guys that maybe complement their two stars as much, but rather just, you know, other guys that fulfill some role. And I've always been inclined to, rather than messing around with the superstars, because that's always the hardest thing to get, is to try all these fringe pieces and stuff first. So, and it has worked for the Celtics. And it's possible to work for the Jazz. Pete, the the Jazz aren't a far cry away from where the 76ers are right now, albeit you've got two older superstars and maybe a couple of rising who's talents. Who's the second old superstar? Well, Harden. Well, who's the first then? 28, Embiid. He's turning 30. <laughs> no, 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 he's turning 30 in the next season. Oh, is he? Well, there yeah. you go. But Pete um, and some young guys coming through, the whole you know coach scenario must be live on the 76ers, you know, notice boards or whatever, surely. Yeah. Uh, isn't it pretty established on this show what we think of Doc Rivers? So I thought I've, I thought I've been abundantly clear. So is Doc Rivers going to do the honourable thing and resign? Um. What, and gesticulate and arms akimbo storming out of the, the GM's office? I'd like to see that. For his family, moving forward. He wants to move forward. Surely Doc does. Um, because he's kind of moving sideways. <laughs> he's a bit of a crab, isn't he? <laughs> Up and down the court, waving <laughs> his hands. Club club. <laughs> like uh, after the Clippers and what he's done at the... The 76ers, is anyone going to hire him? Right, really? Poor, poor Has he guy. Has he done his dash? 
he just hasn't had the, the players, you know, to do the job. Hasn't had the cattle. No. No, Doc, Doc will be fine. Don't worry about him. Pete. And Pete's not turning 30 next year. Uh, he is. I think no, he's, he's not. He's sure March, March 16th, 1994. Yeah, I, I want to say he's turning 29 next year. He's turning 29 like, next year. Yeah. Fake news here on the... That's not uh, old. 29 is oh, not go. old in, in, in sporting terms. Aging. That's, that's coming into your prime. Yeah, so, no, he's in his prime. Yeah. So, Oracle. Yes. Let's talk about game one. Because I yeah. think that's a shining light for the Celtics. Is well, it? No, it was. No, Pete? Uh, the fourth quarter was. Ooh. Let's talk about that. Oracle. It was tight all the way through. It looked like the uh, Warriors had the Celtics measure through the first three quarters. Yeah, you know, I, I took notes on this game and... And I've said this before, where I like it that if the other team looks like everything is going well and they think that they're dominating, but then you look at the score and the scores are pretty close. That's why you were nervous about that heat, game seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? That's right. And so Curry was just, you know, as hot as hot could be in that first quarter. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. And he's just hitting everything. And... And the Celtics were giving it to him. They were getting all open shots. They were doing, and, and you, you heard this great uh, little comment by Marcus Smart during the game where he's saying, you know, we're not playing the heat. Now you've got to, the big man has to be up on that pick and roll. And you could clearly see that our, you know, Rob Williams and things, that they were, you know, not defending Steph Curry properly. They were guarding the drive rather than the shot. And it, and it took the Celtics a whole quarter for whatever reason to get that right and still the scores are pretty much the same and so i was feeling pretty good thinking okay if the Celtics can just get that defense sorted i think we'll be okay and then with tatum playing as poorly as he was you know shooting the ball he was playing just as good at you know distributing the ball and he had a oh, half of them were the team was hot in the shooting. Half of those assists were, you know, basic. Yeah, Come but, on. Pete, but he, he was he was getting two players on him and he's kicking it out to the open guy, which is what he... The Celtics have been wanting him to play like this for all year and it was clicking because in the past, he would have just kept shooting the ball. He would have, you know, uh, slumped his shoulders. He wouldn't have played well on defense. He would have argued with the refs. But no, he he did everything we wanted him to do. He found a way, Oracle. He found a way. <laughs> Apart from score, yeah. yeah. But, but I thought it was a sensational performance uh, by him because he's not, he's not going to always have the shots for, but he played, I think, a perfect game aside from that. And then, you know, so we were, we were right with them all the way and they were shooting really well, the Warriors. And I thought even... You know, before we had that hot shooting streak, I thought we were getting easy shots all game. Every shot was open. It was either under the basket for a layup or it was an open three. And, and I really liked how we were playing. And then in the fourth quarter, it just all clicked. The defense was rock solid and connected. And, you know, our offense was perfect. We were passing the ball around until someone got a beautiful shot and they would take it and make it. It was... 
for me, it was a thing of beauty. And I, I think that was, you know, one of the best finals games I'd seen, you know, for a team that was, you know, not really finding their feet until that fourth quarter. That yeah. They kept them in it with, you know, Jalen Brown playing unreal when yeah, it came to the crunch time. And, yeah, it was he, just a out-and-out dazzling performance. Even in that so, first quarter, Oracle, when Curry was going off, I thought Brown was the guy that kept using touch. He did. And not just him, but he was the guy that kept us in touch originally. But then yeah. Horford... Yes. He played great. White. Um, White played fantastic. You know, e- everyone played a particular role in that win. And and I thought after that, I thought, okay, our team just looks too big, too strong. We look uh, too good on defense for them. And I thought it was still going to be a, a tough victory, but I thought Celtics have got this. You know, I think, I think they're going to get this series and then game two happen. So you well, done dusting, off, dusting off the old Paul Simon Graceland and putting uh, putting Call Me Owl on repeat, but then we <laughs> ran into game two. Yeah, yeah, we're you we're could clear say, adjusted. Well, you could say where it's not so uh, black and white now, is it? Yeah, Kerr had diamonds on the soles of his shoes, really, didn't he, Pete? It was some pretty pretty significant adjustments, and with the added bonus of the six foot one. Gary Payton, the sixth, eighth, ninth. He made a difference coming yeah, back. He did. Yeah, oh, I think he difference. was their best adjustment. I, th- I really think he was. Well, you don't think Draymond on uh, Brown was pretty good as well? I'll save my Draymond comments for a bit later. <laughs> so, Oracle, you're done talking about game one because I have a bit of a thing that where I was watching and I thought the Warriors looked a little lost in the fourth quarter. Their standard plays, their go-to plays, their normal play wasn't working. Uh, The Celtics were crowding, covering the passing. Uh, I I thought the Celtics must have been very well prepared, is what I was thinking, because the Warriors got to the point where they were like, oh, geez, our, our normal stuff's not working here. And obviously, the Celtics were hitting big shots. I think the biggest shot of the game was White faking, faking, and then just rising oh, yeah. and shooting in Curry's face. Yeah. Uh, that was a heartbreaker for the Warriors, was, but, I think. But that was, I reckon, one of the more difficult shots that we hit, whereas yeah. everything else was very comfortable. You know, like, I thought a big turning point was we were up three, the Warriors took a timeout, and when they run that play, mm. Horford gets that steal, yep. throws it down, and then has a three at the other end, and now we're up by six, yep. you know. And there was another great one where Jalen Brown blocks it. This is early in the game. He blocks it on one end, and he dunks it down the other end, you know. We had so many plays where we looked so much more athletic and um, quicker than they did. And on the defensive side, it looked like everything was a real tough slog for the Warriors. You know, apart from Curry going crazy in that first quarter, like he didn't, I think he only hit one more three the rest of the game. And yeah. we sort of figured him out. Um, and then guys like Jordan Poole would come in and we would just run right through him and just 
sap him of all his confidence and he just couldn't score. And then, no. So I was thinking that I, I was just wondering what the Warriors were going to do to adjust because it seemed to me like the Celtics, they've got their top nine guys. They know who they are. They know what they're going to run. And it was up to the Warriors to try and work it out from here. Yeah, well, the obvious adjustment was let Draymond go berserker mode. Like, that's what they did. Uh, and they just went to another level of uh, physicality that they, you know, they stepped it up a notch in game two. Uh, any other insights from you, Sneaky, from game one? I thought it was pretty alarming, Tatum missing so many shots. Mm. I thought, uh, I think that uh, in the MVP race, in that first quarter, it looked like uh, Curry came out and said he wants it because he hasn't won one before. Mm. And he kind of put his marker down. And um, Tatum couldn't run. And I, I don't, and I, I'm with Draymond, you're not going to like it. They're not gonna, the Celtics aren't going to shoot that as well as that for the rest of the series. If they do, they win. Like, that was an unbelievable shooting performance from them. Everything going, was especially going down in, the Pete. stretch. Yeah, they, weren't, they couldn't miss. Everything was going in. You what know, a contrast from Game 7. Yeah. Uh, but in saying that, there also is a psychological scenario where you're, take, you're the Celtics, you're the team that are trying to take away the series from the favourites. You know, you're, you're the underdog. And you can are they? Oh, well, they've got to be the underdog. Come yeah. on, oh, everyone. It's, close. It, it, it's almost a dollar ninety-one each way. Are like, you at the start me? of this. At the start, am I kidding? Oh mate, are you are. Uh, what? Uh, Zach has got him. I've got the Warriors in seven. Um, uh, Stephen A. Smith likes the Warriors. Yeah, it's close. It's not like underdog. There's no way they're underdogs. Oh, oh no. To me, I think that the media seems to be talking about how the Warriors are the champs. And Look at the Celtics team. They're twice the size of them. How know, they, they, they're so like Steph Curry. You know, he might be better than LeBron James, you know. The vernacular, I mean, Pete. The, 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 the talk, the vibe, the, yeah. uh, the momentum. I think this is a split series. I, I couldn't. Yeah, I've got the Celtics in six. That's yeah, but what Pete, I said at the start. Pete, you're, you're not swayed by emotion. You're clinical. <laughs> That's me, the yeah. glittering lights of the Warriors. Mate, you, you've got the, the runs on the classics. board. You, you deserve to have the right to, to pick who you want. But there are pl- people out there in the media that don't have the cachet that you do. Like, handicapping these teams, who would think that, who would the, think the Celtics is an underdog? An underdog. Well, I mean, look. This is what this is their this is their first series in the finals, and you got the Warriors who've played like 130 odd games between them. You know, like they've got those runs on the board. They were one of the favourites at the beginning of the year too. Um, Pool party. Um, but, like if, if the Celtics win it, I don't think it would be a massive surprise to anyone. No, not a massive maybe surprise. Maybe not Pete. Maybe not to the guys that really know what's going on. Right, but I think casual fans and a, a lot of the national media. I mean, when when like, the Celtics, Celtics won the first the best game, they were all shocked. Sixty games. They've been the best team since January. Yep. Yeah. Look, I, I'm the one that that's been saying that stat. You know. Yeah. 
Um, and, and it's continued. And they always rebound from a loss of the... What are they? Like, six. They're, they're now, six. what, eight and three away from home? Like so, um, if that's an underdog, <laughs> if you give me give me underdog odds, give me give me the Celtics at five bucks. <laughs> that's underdog odds. Yeah. Okay. But I think that technically the, you're it, right. It was, They're the underdog, but that's it, it was, not how I call it. That's underdog. not how, how you call it. That's maybe, not how yeah, you call this, it. maybe the NBA storyline is Celtics are the underdog. You know, maybe. That's the thing, you know, the narrative that's being pushed is that the Celtics are the young upstarts, but the the Warriors are the, the real deal, you know? Yeah. Now, I, the other thing that surprised me were was, and I think the Warriors were surprised in that game one where they were a little bit shell-shocked at the end of it and Draymond's like, oh, no, 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 the seven games, we're not, you know, put off by that. You know, we've got plenty of opportunity to come back, blah, 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 blah. Good call, Draymond. But I think deep down those players thought, oh, shit. That fourth quarter, they couldn't get anything. I think they scored 14 in the fourth quarter. And the other thing that happened was the Celtics scored like 40 or something like that. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, even if, say, three or four of those shots didn't go in, the Celtics still had a healthy, you know, lead. Right. Like the the Warriors and- got a few shots late, yes, but there was a period there where the Warriors could not get what they wanted. That was the crucial thing. When the game was tight, the Celtics were able to score, and the Warriors weren't. That was a crucial thing in that game. Oracle. Yep, and and you could say too, like with that doubt. You could also add to that that Tatum shot three of 17 and you would always expect him to do better than that. So even if some of these role players didn't shoot as well. What was it, 18 from 23 from three? You're not going to get that again. No, but remember, Pete, they were all wide open, right? There was no, they weren't getting contested well, the shots window apart shut. from that one. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so there is another thing on that and I'm going to ask Pete about this. The Celtics hitting open shots when they're an underdog, not expected to win, nothing to lose, shooting free and hitting, that's different to game two where it was like, ooh, the the clutch, the pressure, the whatever starts to mount and they're thinking, ooh, if we keep hitting shots, we might actually win this. I wonder if there was something psychological that came in to them and they thought, hmm, these, we're not hitting free open shots with nothing to lose and we're all happy, laughy, you know, winning, you know, high confidence. They maybe started to think about it a little bit too much for game two. Do you think in game one, Pete, that that freeness, that that, you know, we're just going to hit a really high percentage of threes, you know, like it's a warm-up. Are they going to see that again as the series moves on? Are they going to tighten up, Pete? No, they're not going to see it again. Game 2 was a perfect example. I think the Warriors were a bit complacent Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I thought they, you know, gave a bit of... Well, Adoku's talking about respect. I thought the Warriors didn't show them much respect at all in that first game one. Game two, however, the respect is back, and you got Draymond. Can we can we talk about Draymond? Oh, I right. Hear, I came to hear him talk about Draymond. Okay. So but, um, yeah, he changed the, he changed his scheme. As I said before, Gary Payton the third coming back. What a player to have back, and what an injection of what you need when mm-hmm. playing. And they've gone super small too, and won. Yeah. Now, what do you say to that? I have a theory on that, but I might let the Oracle take that one and tell us what he thinks about Game 2 and the adjustments that were made, Oracle. So, look, I think... Furious! The first part of Game 1, you know, Celtics came out, they were looking good, they were hitting their shots and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, it came probably about five or six minutes to go in the quarter when um, Draymond really starts, I think. Like he, he was really going the whole game, but he really took it to another level at this point. And, and I think that he did get into the Celtics' heads. You know, I think like every time you saw him, he was, you know, in somebody's ear, letting them have it. He was barking at the refs. He was barking at the players. He was barking at our bench. He's just doing whatever he wants. And like I sent that clip to you where he must have done three moving screens that all should have been called for a foul, but he didn't get any of it, right? He was allowed to just be as physical as he wanted. And he wasn't picking up any fouls at all. Like, it wasn't until the third quarter that he got his second foul called on him, you know, and he was just all over everyone. But on the other side, the Celtics, all of their starters got two fouls called on them in the first quarter. On these ticky-tack, nothing plays, Tatum gets two, Brown gets two, Smart gets two. And and you know what it's like, Matty, like when Jokic gets two fouls in the first quarter, he's got to sit, it changes the whole game. He plays different. Yeah. And so when we got our whole starting lineup all now worried about picking up fouls, meanwhile, on the other side, one guy's like this loose cannon. And, and like, not only that, he's, he's getting all that physical, and then he just throws himself on the floor, and there's a foul called against Grant Williams, or there's a foul called against someone else. And you can't even work out how that foul was called. And so I think Draymond, and, and I'll give him all the credit, he outsmarted the refs there. He got them to allow him to do what he wanted. You heard Steve Jabby in the call say, oh, yeah, that should be called a – and I know Pete's against me on this one, but when Draymond puts uh, Jalen Brown on the ground, he puts his feet on him, and that, that should have been a double technical. Why? Steve because every time there's any altercation between two players, when they're getting up and they're in each other's face, it's always called that. Every time. That, that's how they do it. And they decided, even though that should have been called that, Steve Jabby said this, they're not going to do it because in the context of the game, Draymond had already picked up the technical and they don't want to kick him out for that. 
And so yeah. I'm thinking, okay, great. They're going to bend the rules. They're going to call it a different way to how it should be called because they want to keep Draymond in the game. And Draymond knew this. And so he was just going to, you know, get under everyone's skin and do everything he can because he knew they weren't going to kick him out. And by him doing that and then not allowing the Celtics to have any sort of retaliation because they would tee them up, they, they teed up Udoka, they called fouls on all the Celtics players that were getting physical. The Celtics, in my opinion, had no chance of winning this game. The refs decided they're going to let this happen, and then that was it. And I think the Celtics threw in the towel. They thought, stuff this. If that's the way the NBA wants to do it, if that's the way these officials are going to do it, we got no chance, and the Celtics were out. And that's how I think the game went. Pete? I don't think you should reward... Jalen Brown, because well, I'm with you on what Draymond did. He was barking all the game. But that particular incident, Draymond went out of his way to make sure that he wasn't moving his legs. So so Jalen Brown, who extended the left and caused the whole thing to begin with, and he won the foul. So it should have been a foul on, on, on Jalen for sticking his left foot out, but he doesn't. He gets the foul, fair enough. That's the 50-50 call. But... Draymond's got his legs there and he's not moving them. And it's Jalen Brown, knowing that he's on a tee, tries to get him teed off. I don't like that. I don't like it. And everyone could see it was deliberate. It was deliberate. You reckon? Hey, Pete, you can't leave your feet on somebody. He didn't mean that. You can't do where, that. Where's he supposed to put his feet? He can take his feet off him. He, Bend his he knees. How his about feet, that? If he moved his feet, he kicks him in the head. How about he takes his feet off him and he bends his knees? How about Jalen Brown not extend his left? To start nah, the whole nah, thing in the, nah, to begin look, with. If he's going to leave his feet on somebody, nah, nah. that's already a technical. Then, nah, nah, anyone who's played any kind of contact sport, anyone who's played any kind of contact sport, if your legs are in a bad spot, you leave them there. Nah, nah, nah. You do. You let the guy on the ground get off. If you move, you end up treading nah. on Draymond, someone. No, no, no. It's in true. Context, no, no, no. Draymond Green, he was... Uh, asserting his dominance or whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. His speed on him. No, 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 that's how... Okay, And then Jalen doesn't like that. Of course... He almost steps on his balls. (laughs) And then then Draymond pushes him as well. Then they get up there face-to-face. That's Ah, a double... That's all on Jalen Brown. Every day of the week, that's a double technical. Yeah, Jalen Brown initiated it, and he wanted the double technical. I don't reward that. I don't agree with that. But Steve uh, is saying that it should have been a double technical, but they're not going to give it because of the context of Draymond getting an earlier tech. That, for me, sealed it all off, right? If your legs and feet are in a bad spot, you let the guy negotiate his way out of them, untangle them. You don't go thrashing your feet around. It's a, it's a normal no, rule. you didn't have to thrash his feet. You just had to take them off. That's and all you had to do. kicking him in the head? Ah, oh, come on, man. Oh, come on. No, you, you get nah, your... no, no, wait. It's as, up to as the if, guy on the, on the bottom worried to get about up. kicking somebody. As if he's worried about kicking somebody. He oh, was okay. there well, he didn't to move get into leg. their heads and to, to make a big show of it and, and to destroy the Celtics mentally. That's what he was doing. He wasn't trying to protect Jalen uh, Green, uh, Jalen Brown or anything like that. He was there to assert his mental dominance over the team and the refs let him do it. So and the refs let Jalen Brown kick out the left and cause the whole thing. Out. In the nah, nah, nah. Oh, so his left didn't extend. Are you saying his left? He's taking a normal shot and Draymond. Jalen Brown out. throws out his left, initiates nah. the contact. I don't agree with that. 
Have a look again. Nah. What's what's his left so, doing there? So Pete, can I can I throw a little something in there? I watched the game again this afternoon, and I actually thought Draymond made a decision before the, even the game started that I'm going to push it to the limit and let the referees d- decide. And it was almost like he had a an ejection wish or a uh, foul out wish and. It was either they're going to eject me or foul me out or we're going to win and I'm going to get everything I can. Do you think his antics are worth 30 points? Which no, is what you were down? No, not when, at all, Pete. When, Ado- no. when you threw in the towel? No. Was I, it 30 no, points? I don't, I don't think so, Pete. But, but I do think that it, it did change the Celtics' mentality. Whether They were thinking when they got all those quick fouls and they think, okay, they can't even match the Warriors physically because... They're just going to foul out the Celtics. They, they didn't care. Like, Draymond only picked up his second but foul. No one in... got fouled out from the Celtics, so you... you... Yeah, no, nah, but once you get, get all those early out? fouls, it changes everything. You play more timid. You don't play that same sort of physical style that the Celtics... That's their calling card. That's what they've been doing all playoffs, is playing that physical defense. And the refs are saying, no, nah, we're not having that tonight. Yeah, you guys can't I'll, do that tonight. I'll say this, Pete. You know, I had a good, really good look at that uh, potential tech on Draymond, the second one. And if he wanted to, he could have just twisted his um, body in a way that he could have flicked his legs to the left and got away from Jalen. But he left him sort of up there. And then Jalen turned around and then he grabs Jalen's pants, pushes him, etc. Jalen steps in between his legs for starters while a guy on the ground. yeah, Yeah, I'll say this. And you might be right that Jalen was looking for the double tech. It is possible. And the refs thought, nah, we're not going to give that to you, Jalen. Yeah, I like that. That is possible. But I'll say this as well. Any other game leading up to the finals, that is a double tech. But so this is what? a final. No, that's what I'm saying. This is the finals, right, to both of you. There are different rules in the finals. Exactly. Okay. But, well, let them both be physical. That's yes, all I'm asking. Yeah. Now... There were certain plays, like, I had a pretty close look at uh, Draymond the second time around. There were there were times where he got tangled up with Mark, Marcus Smart at one stage mm-hmm. there on the baseline, and he sort of jumped and got a bit of contact and tried to throw the ball back and hit Smart. There was a, a foul, I think, caught because Smart tried with his left hand to get the ball a second time as Draymond was sort of losing control and, and going out of bounds, got the call. There was a time where uh, Marcus Smart was... I thought Marcus Smart was uh, in Draymond's... or well, on Draymond's radar. I've got to slow this bloke down and physically affect him. There was a time where Draymond was driving with the ball... He dropped yep. the shoulder That's into right. Marcus Smart. I remember that one. But Marcus yep. Smart Has went Draymond with it. Has got the worst dribble in the game? Oh, it was terrible. But <laughs> but Marcus ugly. Smart would have slid 10 metres and then hit the, the yeah. cushioning around the um, backboard protection. And Draymond like basically dropped his shoulder at speed and then flicked the ball over his head as if he was going for a shot. He was never going for a shot. He was, I've got this guy with me. I'm going to get contact and uh, try and get a foul here. But he dropped the shoulder in and smashed Smart. 
he 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 hit smart on multiple occasions, and I thought he thought I'm bigger than you, smart. You're not going to out physical me. I'm going to out physical you, and he did. Okay. Yeah. He and and, and smart was pretty ineffective because of it. I think Draymond really hunted him. I also yeah. thought that... The and you could see how frustrated Marcus was too, where he's getting called for fouls on one end, and then on the other end, you know, he's trying to get the same call, and they're not giving it to him. Mm. And, and Marcus, on that, that, that was a block. Come on. He was moving. He was moving yeah, very that's, fast. That's one call, Pete. I'm talking about the whole game. Like I could send you things where Draymond's like locking up their arms and stuff like that and <laughs> stopping them from the like... Grant Williams. And, you know, and nothing happens, you know. It was, I, you touch a guy and yeah. it's a foul the other way. And that's, Oracle, that's what, what, what was that? The worst one of the game was, a, was like, what about the Gary Payton, the third on, uh, on Tatum? He was nowhere near him and he called, gets called for the foul. Well, yeah, it happens both ways. Yeah, yeah, Pete, Brown. there was a time Jaylen when Brown, sorry, yeah. it, there was yeah. a time I think it was in the first quarter where Curry uh, took it to the rim and threw up a pretty lackluster layup and missed. And he there was a call for a foul on him. And they and I looked at the replay and I thought whoever it was the Celtics who I could have been smart I can't remember didn't actually touch him. There was no touch, and Curry got the call there, and I thought, look, everything else aside, the Warriors are the home team. This is a series that the NBA needs. They haven't had a good series the whole playoffs. Are we going with conspiracy No, 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 Pete, I'm just saying that the NBA hasn't had a good series the whole playoffs, really. There weren't weren't that many, you know. Celtics-Milwaukee was a good one. Yeah, okay. Not many considering what happened in the bubble, say. There was no way they wanted the Warriors to be down 2-0. It would have been over if the Celtics were up 2-0 going home. That would have been the end of the series. What's that guy that used to be the caller um, for the Celtics who died, who didn't like... Tommy Heinsohn. Heinsohn. Can you imagine Heinsohn with with brothers as the Uh, referee? You would have lost it. And instead... Instead of listening to like a genius caller like him, I'm listening to two guys that love the Warriors, you know. And and any time Draymond does something, oh look how smart Draymond is. And then if Marcus Smart does something, oh look at him flopping, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it just drives me insane. But, but Oracle, flops. but Oracle, <laughs> he flops. The the cream will rise to the top. It's a seven game series, yeah. and the the Warriors had to win that game. Okay. Yep. They let him play physical. I, I've got to... I, I'm just going to refer to the natural notes here. Um, Bielitsa mm. got pretty good minutes there. Yeah. And the Celtics weren't taking advantage of him defensively, of, of his abilities d- defensively. And he was allowed to play. He's one of those European players that don't mind... A little bit of contact when they're defensive, when they're defending. I think this playoff finals scenario to a guy like him, who's a European player, lets him be out there on the court. And and you could say the same thing for what's Daniel your, Tice. Daniel Tice. 
Daniel Tice fouls people with his face. You know, he gets yeah. hit in the face, slapped across the face, and they call it a foul on him. Yeah. But I think Bielitsa, you know, is is able to do things that he's, they don't let him do in the normal uh, NBA, you know, 82-game um, normal play, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's pretty obvious the game is being refereed differently in the finals. And it's physical and whatnot. And, well, I, and I you guys Maddie... got the rub of the green in the first game because you were very physical on the Warriors. And you've got to keep in mind that you've got a green and white eye yeah. and you're watching it through that spectrum and you're thinking, mm, yeah, that's okay, that's okay. But you've got to think about it as well. You guys got away with a fair bit of stuff in that first game too, okay, to keep you in the game. I, I kind of thought, away. though, in that first game, Maddie. I thought in that first game, you just didn't notice the refs. Yeah, I thought the first game was ref pretty good. It, it flowed well. There was no arguing or anything like that. I thought it was it was called fair on on both sides. And sure, like you miss something or whatever yeah. here and there, but it always so there's always misses. Yeah, but, but always misses. No, people weren't complaining. You know, they were just getting on with it, and and it was a good game. They let them play, and it was a good game. In this one, when you call the whole starting team for two fouls in the first quarter, well, that's it. That's the game. You know, like it's very hard to come back from there. And then you see in that third quarter, you don't often see um, Coach Adoka go at the refs. He goes at the refs. He wanted to get that technical. He goes at them. I don't know what he said, but then he pulls all his starters off and he plays all our bench guys for the rest of the game. It's like he said, stuff you guys, if you're going to ref it like this, we're not interested in playing. See you later. And that was that. So and that was, uh, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. I think yeah. so. I think that's what they did. Well, game two is not a bad comment. Hey, Pete. <laughs> that's right. Hey, Pete. Had its, had its advantages. Pete, game two in a seven-game series when you've won game one is not a bad time to make a statement, if that's what he did. I just hope it's um, – I hope they can keep their heads because remember at, at the start of the series, we were, we were saying – you were especially – Maddie was saying that uh, the mind games. <laughs> Hello. If, that, if if that's what they mean by mind games, and you've got the coach getting tacked up, I don't know whether that's a good or a bad tech. Because the guy who says don't bark at the refs the whole season is now barking at the refs. Hopefully that doesn't filter down with uh, well, if he's lost it, well, I can yeah. do whatever I want but, now. But it, it could be Pete that he's feeling like where he's trying to show the players that he's got their back. Like he always tells yeah. them to go, don't don't bark at all this, you know, bullshit rubbish or whatever. But in, in this case, I kind of think that uh, the way Smart was being officiated and stuff, that the players sort of completely lost it, you know. And what was the Doka going to do then? He Is he going to say to them all, you know, no, just keep playing? Or does he go, look, guys, I agree, I got your back. You know, I tell you, don't muck around with all this small stuff but this one this one's gone too much you know and, and he just he just let those refs have it and I, I think because he does everything you know he doesn't do anything haphazard he's always got a plan and everything and I, and I bet that was part of it I bet he yeah. made a conscious decision right I'm going to show these players I've got their back and I'm, I'm going for it yeah I, I, I tend to believe that's what happened uh, as well because yeah they were 
they were getting desperate. The shots weren't going in like last time. They're getting getting beaten and bruised up. Yeah. What I'm Maybe worried about the rest. What I'm worried about moving forward because I, I thought after game one we've got the most talented team where we can do this. I, I am worried seeing. To me, it looks like Marcus Smart is you know more banged up than what I thought because he's holding parts of his body I didn't even know were injured. You know, like he he's, he. He doesn't look like he's moving as well, so I'm worried about that. And I'm also worried about Rob Williams too. I don't think oh, he's, he's right. Playing, I he's think, playing on one leg. Nah, Rob Williams is Yeah, and, and, and he is a key player for us. And I'm thinking at this point that they probably can't even play him. Like, no, they've I don't definitely got to start. Um, I think they've got to start White now, and they've got to just, you know, put Rob on ice for a while and, and see what happens. Well, not Grant at five. No, I'm thinking, Pete, they'll start Horford as their one big guy and they play white with the other guards. I think that that seems to nullify... I think he's our best option on Curry. And and I think that we'll have to either have, like, you know, Grant Williams or Tice come in on that other, so, you know... So on that it, oracle, what, what a move to have white come across to the Celtics... And he could be your best option on the perimeter to defend, you know, the the game's best ever shooter. Let's say, and and you've got White come in, who was almost like an afterthought, has come into this team, and he's almost, you know, your top handful of most crucial players. Yeah, he has been playing really, really well, and. Um... And I think with Smart being a little bit more limited in his mobility right now, I think that Dwight's sort of become our most important defender on on Curry. And so I think he's got to be starting, and I think he's got to be playing as many minutes as he can. So, so I think Rob's going to be the guy that would have to yeah, take so the seat. The you other just thing... don't know about the injuries, do you? Because I was nah, just nah. reading today that Embiid had an operation on his on his right thumb Yes, we all knew that. Yeah, and then he's left index finger. Yes, where did that come from? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Kept that one under wraps, didn't? Yeah, plus he's got a fractured cheekbone and yeah. um, orbital. Yeah. You just don't know. They keep him under wraps. Some yeah, and, and Smart's the sort of guy that plays through all sorts of injuries. You know. Yeah. So another thing there, I wanted to bring up there, Oracle, uh, about this whole scenario was. I thought Grant Williams was targeted by Draymond. Mm. Uh, Draymond was doing this thing where Williams was bodying well, we him up. We saw that coming, didn't we? Of yeah. course, of course. They clash um, as people. Uh, Williams was bodying him up on him, and what, what Draymond would do, would he'd fling his arm over Williams' shoulder and then what, sort of jump and try and move to get around him and then f- sort of fall over, and Williams would get called for the foul. Yeah. It happened a couple of times there where the commentators are like, what is Grant Williams supposed to do there? Mm. And and that's something that Jokic used to do where he'd have players trying to stop him from getting to where he wanted to go and he'd do that better, I think, than Draymond has. But Draymond is just trying to run through people who... And, and, and it's not a natural basketball move I don't think but he's getting that call I don't know if that's a, I, I like that call 
that and, and he's doing it on Grant Williams. He's he's targeting him on purpose, I believe. Uh, I'm I'm just looking at the natural notes. Uh, well, so well, he, look yeah. to, to to comment on that. I think Draymond's right to give it a go because yeah. that's his play. I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. But the refs have got to decide. Look, are they going to let this guy show him up? You know, like they let Cole Lowry do whatever he wanted out there, and they would always give the benefit of the doubt to Cole Lowry, even though they know this guy may be the most insane flopper the game's ever seen. They're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And now they're doing the same with Draymond. What I'd prefer in that situation is no whistle at all. Yeah. Like when, when, yeah. Both, when both players are acting like that, like in the Grant Williams and, and Draymond Green situation, you could find a foul on both of them. You can. You yeah. can find a foul on Draymond, and you can find an uh, offensive foul, and you can find a foul on Grant Williams if you want to look. So I'd rather the refs err, and like what you're going back to say that you, you're starting five got Let him play. two fouls. I'd rather no whistle at all. That's yeah. right. Well, that was game one, wasn't it? That's what happened game one. They let these guys play, let them be physical, and let them decide who wins this game. But they changed that all around, and, and I think that, you know, you know, I wouldn't put it past Zach Zaba, you know, to try and, you know, even things up a little bit for the NBA and make the NBA a little bit more money. I wouldn't put it past him. But, um, you know, I'm with you, Pete. I think they let it go. That's what they should do. And I hope that they start doing that moving forward. I hope. And if they're going to call it tough, well, call it tough both ways. That's all, all I'm asking for some fairness here. But not to punish one side and let the other side do whatever they like. That, that's what so, killed well, Rather than calling, you know, taking a referee's heritage or whatever into an insult, I say have at the referees as well, unless it goes over, over the line and stop call and don't call that tech on Draymond, but let everyone else have a bark at the refs. Why yeah. not? It's the playoffs. But they don't care. How, yeah. how many times have we seen when a guy like, you know, slaps his thigh or, or bounces the ball, they tee him up. Some right. of the regular season tees were just oh. handbags at 10 paces. It was craziness. It's the finals. Tell, tell, the, tell the ref he's an idiot. Pete, Who cares? I'm in the finals, mate. Play on. Yeah, I'm, I was going <laughs> to throw like, something out there. Like, I'm becoming a um, Jordan Poole anti-fan. I don't even know if that's a thing. But there was a time there where uh, White did something. Is it the socks? Oh, yeah. Is it the socks and tights? No, you don't, you don't no, like? no it's his yeah. dancing, it's his carrying on, whatever. And um, hit and, a couple and, of belters. And, and White <laughs> sort of hit the ground, and then sort of jumping over Paul to get back into play, and Paul sticks up his arms to try and trip him over, and then it's a tech. Then mm. they review it, and then they say he was trying to defend himself, and he was trying to defend himself. His arms were already near his head. And sort of defending, and then he pushes them up to grab the legs. Or are you allowed to jump over a player? Like, do you consider that to be Pete? Oh, you know, uh, Marquis, like, Marquis of Queensbury rules. Yeah, you can't run around him at, at that point, you know. And, oh. and by the way, the Celtics were on a fast break there, and yeah. they stopped that fast break. To yeah, do. that was look. All, all I'd say, like, and I remember when Paul grabbed um, Jar Morant's leg, and he's now out, and he said. That's not in my game. I don't play like that. Oh, yeah, I forgot blah. about that. Do you re recall that? And I thought, oh, okay. And then 
here we go. White. Don't get me wrong. White no, jumped I'll over. White, white like, jumped over. Jumping over your face. Uh, I don't know about that because is the reflex to protect your face or is the reflex to grab the guy's legs? I think grabbing the legs. Did is he actually, grab the leg? Well, try to. In my opinion. Uh, uh, I, th- I think, it, yeah, it, again, it, let him play. Play on. Yes, I hear you, Pete, but I'm just saying that Jordan Poole sort of uh, tries to portray himself as like, uh, that's not my game. That's a couple of dirty plays in the playoffs that I've seen from him that I don't like, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oracle, did you notice that one? or You know, I forgot about that one with Jar Morantz, um and Jordan Poole. I, I forgot about that. Um, I didn't like that play on Derek White. I didn't like that the ref stopped the fast break to do all this. You know, I thought, like, you know, I, I, look, I guess at this point, I was just fuming. The, the rest of the game, I was just, <laughs> everything I could see that was slightly, oh, is he on? I would just go off, you oh. know. So um, I'm probably not the most level-headed okay. um, at that point. I have settled down now. I've got another but, natural note here where I thought, uh, Tatum was hitting some good threes. I think he got like five threes in the first half. There was a lot of time where I thought he had mismatches, that he didn't take time to get the best shot, and there were times where he was searching for contact and missing and losing opportunities to score in the paint or just out of the paint in the two-point zone. Did you see any of that, Oracle? Yeah, look, I, I thought in the beginning of the game, the Celtics were, I think, overpassing. Like, they had a lot of success against the Warriors by moving the ball and getting that open look. And I think that they were pushing the pass a little bit too much, being a little bit too cute and trying to throw passes that maybe weren't there. And then they did a complete 180 and decided, okay, Let's put the ball in Tatum's hands and Tatum's going to try and beat everyone three on one or something like that, you know. And I thought it was like they were going back to some of their old habits where, you know, they weren't playing a team game. They were playing that superstar game. And you yeah, see he's, um, he got a minus 39. Yeah, well, I don't really agree with that particular stat because I don't think Tatum played all that badly. He didn't. He, he um, improved. Yeah, so, but but I think that that initial thing with the fouls, I think, completely discombobulated the team, and they never really quite got it back together after that. I just think Tatum, when he's got some, like, curry on him, guarding him one-on-one, can get better shots than what he was getting. And yeah. I think Tatum's when- the best physical specimen on the court, so he's going to be mismatched, basically, with A whoever. Lot. yeah. The other thing I noticed when he was like he had an opportunity to take it to the rim, he was also looking for contact but not focusing on getting the shot. So there's a couple of things I thought. Uh, the other thing I thought was that Horford had opportunities where he was mis- mismatched around the rim and was mucking around too yeah, long too with the slow. ball, yeah. bouncing back and forth, bobbing and weaving or whatever, and then help would come and he'd get you know blocked or. Smothered or whatever, so I thought that was. He's better thing. when he stretches the court, right? Mm. Like Horford when he's yeah. hitting, hiding over there in that corner for the open three. Yeah, yeah. Look, we didn't play well. Like the refs are one part of it, but the Celtics didn't play well. And I think that you're right. You're both right when you say that. You know, the Warriors had to win this game. They were 
They were more up for it than the Celtics were. And they had that energy the whole game, whereas the Celtics, I think, after that first quarter with all those fouls and everything, they sort of slumped their shoulders. and, hmm. and It's not roses for the Warriors either. Like, Clay Thompson's form is starting oh, to Pete. worry people, isn't it? Yeah, I made a note of that. Um, Clay Thompson has been ordinary. It's he, the he, shot selection. He it's hits a three the... at 9.21 in the third. Um, and they're like, oh, finally. And I'm thinking, Clay they Thompson, looked, they, they, terrible. they talk about him as one of the greatest shooters of all time. Uh, you know, great defender, isn't it? He, he he did he hit a three, and then he had a ball uh, where he was on the left hand side of the court, and he did a hezzy move and went through and got the layup, and it was like so it was a three followed by a two, and it was the crowd went wild. You know, Clay's back, but you know, Clay has not impressed me. If no. we're talking about a potential future Hall of Famer, sneaky. Uh, You're saying he's not? Come on. Well, Come on. obviously he is, but I'm just yeah. saying as a future Hall of Famer, as a Warriors fan, would you be expecting more? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course you would. But is there more? Yeah, he looks like he's lost a bit of um, speed on that defensive side as well. And that was one of his big strengths, you know, as a player in his career. And that seems to be gone doesn't seem to be able to um, get around anybody anymore. It's either he's got the open layup or he's got the open shot and, and that's it. But, you know, hey, uh, with him, I still think he can string together three or four threes in a row. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sure, he doesn't have that athleticism right now, but maybe, like, I, I was listening to some people talking about him saying that look, even if his shot isn't falling, you still got to guard him. He's, he's still going to space the floor, and he's still going to terrify the other team if he gets that open look. So I yeah, think he's still going to be valuable either way. It's like a metronome that he's sinking him in the warm up. So if you, if if Clay can find himself open enough um, with it's just catch and shoot situations where he doesn't put the ball down, he can hurt you. I, I think he's still got it in him to hurt you. He probably's not as dynamic as he was before the injuries. And yeah, you're right. The defense on him is, has has suffered a bit, but you give him catch and shoot opportunities, and uh, I'll be back in Clay Thompson to to, uh, to make a few. Yeah, okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, I thought the Celtics. Uh, one of the differences between the Celtics and the Warriors were when there was space and someone was going to the rim. It seemed like the Warriors would make that extra pass where they had someone coming in from the wing to finish with a dunk unchallenged where the Celtics you know there's more going on with maybe the Warriors around them or whatever and there weren't a lot of you know those easy baskets there was maybe a couple uh, there with um, Robbie Williams but uh, where he was able to dunk but there wasn't a lot of those sort of Oh, getting space, and then someone's coming in from the wing with an unchallenged dunk. That seemed to happen a fair bit for the Warriors, but not for the Celtics. Did you notice that, Oracle? Yeah, I did, and and it was sort of the reverse situation in the first game. I thought that the Celtics had a lot more easier baskets uh, at the rim in Game 1, and in Game 2, I, I do think that the Warriors stepped up their defense quite a bit. They were swarming around like what we're used to seeing them 
you know, early in the year. And I think that Gary Payton is a big part of that. He allows them to sort of have that extra zip on that perimeter and, um, and he nullified a lot of our attack too. So, yeah, I did see that, Maddie, and not having a Robert Williams that can cover that ground and sort of um, clean up a little bit on that defensive end, I think that that has uh, hurt us a bit too because you can't rely on him to be there where you could before. Yeah. So the other little note I, I thought was interesting was um, Celtics not making the most of two-on-ones leading to turnovers, too many turnovers. Yeah, too many There was a lot of, like, loose balls where guys were sort of, like, in and around the rim, and rather than taking it up, they will try and force a pass to one of their players in traffic where there was two warriors around them, and it would lead to a turnover. Did did you notice that too? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying when we were overpassing that ball. Oh, yeah. um, And we then changed to just be too, just one-dimensional after that. You know, so we didn't have that balance that we we um, that makes us into a good offensive team, and so yeah, I think that I think it was just one of those games, Maddie, where we got off on the wrong track, we're in the wrong space mentally, weren't able to get that back, or and they felt that there was nothing they can do, that the, the rest have decided this is the way it's going to go, and. I just think that they played a poor game. And with the Warriors, you know, they can turn it on. And if you don't give it 100%, the Warriors will beat you. Um, and, and it reminded me a little bit of that Dallas series where if Dallas was hitting those open threes, Dallas looked great. But if, as soon as they started missing them, then, you know, the Warriors would just uh, overwhelm them. Yeah. Maxi Clive is still having nightmares. <laughs> So, Pete, we, we, we start looking forward to Game 3. We're back at Boston. I think whoever wins Game 3 is going to win it. Really? Yeah. I think it's that. I think after that performance, if the Warriors go and grab the first game in Boston, yeah, I can see them winning. But I'm not predicting. I've, I've got the, the Celtics. You've got to look at form. And it's when the Celtics lose, they inevitably win the next game. Form, I know it's temporary and class is permanent, but you've got to look at the runs on the board. And it seems after adversity and a loss, Celtics come out and put on a show. Pete, and it's going to be at home, which they haven't had the best form. They've been better away. But, exactly. Uh, Pete, so talking about that, talking about class and whatnot, have you been happy with Steph Curry? You know, if, like if you're talking future Hall of Famer first ballot, uh, and you're talking about you know one of our favourites, the Suns uh, point guard Chris Paul, like bronze statue, bronze statue. Steph Curry has to be you know a level above that. Sure, I haven't exactly been that. Mm, well, he played the best quarter I've seen out of yeah, probably Yeah, played a great quarter. Um, but his defense be, has been pretty good. Come he, on. Yeah, he's the been... defense has been quite good. And, and his gameplay and all that sort of stuff. But when I thought when the game was on, on the line in game one, I was disappointed with him. Well, and, he didn't make a shot in the no. second quarter, I think, in but, that game. But when the team's leading and things are going their way, yeah. he's great. They're great front runners. Yeah. So, the whole team are great front Pete, runners. Pete, have you got a comment on that at all or not? 
about Kauru. Yeah. Um, I, you know, that couple of quarters of uh, a rampaging Celtics defense and having to adjust to the new schemes and stuff, I can forgive. He's coming out and I think he wants the MVP. I think Curry, he's playing like he wants the MVP, and I think he's ahead on the MVP. The Curry cheerleaders have come out saying he has nothing to prove. If he if he doesn't get the MVP, he's got nothing left. Or they don't win this year, it doesn't matter. He's got nothing to prove. Do you agree with that? I no. I think he wants the finals MVP. I it's think he. Last, I, last that, that, I think he thinks he's got think, something to prove. Don't you think any great sportsman always thinks they've got something to prove? Yeah. Like, you know, one more championship, you know, one more, you know, great performance. Like, no one's going out there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to take it easy. You know, whatever happens, happens. They, they're Jimmy all Butler. one. <laughs> the thing that makes them a superstar is that, you know, they're crazy. They're crazy because they want that success. They want they've got to drive in like no arrogance one else. Of them, mate. They're arrogant people. The Warriors. Like, they Harry are. would be spending hours and hours and hours shooting every day since he was a, a tiny kid. Not because, oh, yeah, whatever. It's because he wants to be the best, you know. And um, I always think that they've got pressure on them, you know, that, to win another one, you know. Yeah. Even LeBron in year 19 or whatever, he wants to win again. I think you know? they've got impetus too to win this. And they've got something that the whole team's got something to prove that, um, in those two years of two horrific injuries of like two of their big stars going down, I think they want to say, yeah, we should have won it. We didn't go anywhere. Look what we've done. Yeah. And, 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 and back, Pete, we win. And Pete, don't forget the Kevin Durant thing yeah. too. If they, yeah. But they won without him and then Durant comes and now he's their best player and he wins the MVPs, not Curry and not Draymond or whatever. Yeah. And they want to show, hey, we could have won without him anyway. Yeah. You know? So Oracle, I think, um, oh, sorry, I think Pete. Curry's determined. So I think he's got something to prove. Oracle, we we might start with you with Curry, and yeah. then finish up with your uh, prediction for Game Three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Curry is a great player, a great front runner. Um, look, when they won that first finals without Kevin Durant. So he's won three. That first one that they won, they won it when, and I know you're not the biggest fan of Iguodala, but when they started playing him instead of Bogut and he was matched up on LeBron and he could nullify LeBron and it it made their defense so different and fast and everything. That's why they won that series. Curry didn't play that well. And then they get to the next two ones that they won when they had maybe the greatest team of all time with Durant and all that. Durant was the guy that was scoring 35 points a game in the finals and going toe-to-toe with LeBron and beating LeBron, not Curry. And so now, you know, has Curry been the guy when it comes to, you know, the final series? I don't think he has. So... He does have something to prove. He's, I don't think I don't put him in the same category as Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas because those guys were the best player on that team and they won because of them. And Curry still has to prove that, in my opinion, if he wants to be considered right up there as the very best of the point guards, he has to do it. Yeah. So what's going to happen in Game 3, Oracle? 
Well, what I worry about is um, Smart and Williams' health. That's that's my major concern. I think that I don't think that the Celtics are going to get that rough end of the um, referee calls on that first game back. The crowd's going to be all over Draymond Green, and um, they're going to heighten all of his shenanigans and things. So I, I just think that the refs won't be giving him as much leeway and the Warriors as much leeway as they have done right. in um, in the Warriors' home ground. And that will play into the Celtics' hands. But Pete's right that the Celtics haven't always performed best at home. Um, but if I had to make a prediction, I'll say because the Celtics have always bounced back, I think that they'll win that next game. And what do you say to those out there who think that uh, it's highly probable or possible that Draymond will get teed up and or fouled out in this next game? Well, I mean, that all depends, doesn't it? Like, <clears throat> I just hope that the Celtics are allowed to be physical, um, as physical as the Warriors are. And if that's the case, then the Celtics will win. I don't care what happens with Draymond. If, if they let him run the show, well, you know, it's a different story. But I just don't think that's going to happen with the series tied and the games going to Boston. I just don't see them as giving Draymond a little bit of an edge here that they gave him in the last game. Okay. My opinion is that I actually think it's possible that the Warriors are going to win the next game where I think the vernacular would be that the Celtics would be safe, you know, they don't lose two in a row, blah, 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 blah. I think I'm not going to be surprised if the Celtics lose game three. Oh, Matt, to put it, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised either. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm expecting that it's going to be tied again after that Celtics um, homestand. And we're going to go back to the um, Warriors home ground tied to wall. So whether it's the first or the second game, I, I would think that the Celtics will win that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics lost that home game. Yeah. But I think they'll definitely win then that next one to tie it up to wall. Yeah, righto. Pete, you got anything else, mate? No. Oracle? Oh, except, um, yeah, shout out to a couple of my favourites, Otto Porto and uh, Wiggles. You have to you have to mention Wiggles who are maintaining their form. Otto Porter's playing pretty well. Yeah, no, and um, surprise. And, and Otto Porter's hitting a few a few threes that are. Has he sort got of the slowest crunch. shot in the league? Like it's Ooh. accurate, but it's so slow. Yeah, I think he's hitting some crunch threes that are quite important. You know, so um, yeah, I, I, I'm liking what he's doing, and I think. It's good for him, you know. He had big raps on him when he first came into the league. So and the lunatic, he's played well. He's maintaining yeah. his form as yes. well. Yeah, yep, I agree. All right, gents. Well, yeah, let's see what the lunatic can do. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in game three. I think by the time we have our next Tuesday performance, it might be that the series is almost over. So. We might need to have an emergency game uh, somewhere, or sorry, an emergency episode somewhere in between. 
if it, and I think that might be warranted. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Well done. Very much. Thank you. See you. Good ya. night.